Hi, and welcome to another episode of Canadian Manufacturing Talks. I'm joined today by Evelyn Allen, the co-founder and CEO of Evercloak Inc., an advanced manufacturer of nanofilm technology aiming to reduce greenhouse gases in industrial environments. She's here to talk about her technology, her journey, and how other manufacturers can attract more women to the manufacturing industry. I'm wondering if you can tell us just a little bit about how Evercloak uh, sort of came together and how you uh, founded it. Yeah, so I'm happy to tell you a little bit about Evercloak's origin story. And so I guess it maybe it starts with me and my background. So I'm an engineer. I've, I've worked in um, engineering consulting, but also in technology companies. And then more recently, before Evercloak, working in a role to facilitate you know, innovation and commercialization of research technology out of the universities and making kind of creating access to that type of technology and know-how for commercialization with bigger partners and securing funding. And um, it's a really exciting role because I got to see really the cutting edge research across the University of Waterloo, where I was working and other universities in Ontario, as well as understand you know, the industry roadmaps for innovation and what the market was looking for. And while it was a really exciting role, I was at a place in time in my life where I wanted to make a change. I just felt like I had more potential and really interested in building a business. And so I was actively looking for something to do that. And that's when I came across a program called Mars Women in Clean Tech. And so this was a program launched by Natural Resources Canada, so NRCAN, uh, in partnership with Mars to help bring more women into clean tech space. And so, you know, I saw this opportunity. I thought, wow, this is this is amazing. They're gonna, you know, really support me and help me if I wanted to grow a business. And so I applied. It was a national competition. Uh, and in order to apply for this program, I needed access to a technology, you know, I needed something to build a company around. And so I approached the University of Waterloo where I was working and asked if they would support me in this program and if they had any technology I could license to, to make this work. And so they opened up their portfolio pat patents uh, and I was able to look at all of their clean technology uh, opportunities and I was able to really zone in on one in particular that I thought would be was really compelling and, and breakthrough in a way. And that specifically was around manufacturing nanofilms, 2D nanomaterial coatings. And so I applied for the program with this technology. Uh, it was really kind of a tissue box type uh, scale at the time. And it's been three years now. So we've scaled up our, our manufacturing and really it's a way to make kind of enable the manufacturing of these 2D nanomaterial coatings. And I was successful in this program. And so that's really how Evercloak launched. That's a really cool uh, origin story. Um, so obviously, you know, we have a, a, a fairly sizable manufacturing audience in terms of our readership. Yeah. Speaking to them who may be in the automotive industry or in the food and beverage space or uh, advanced technologies, how do these nanofilms work when they're applied, for example, in a commercial, commercial air conditioning or dehumidification system? Where, where, where are these nanofilms applied? Yeah, exactly. So, um, so nanofilms, you know, there's lots of different nanofilms and nanomaterials and what I guess I would say that you know each of them has unique properties and very unique properties in terms of tensile strength um, you know conductivity barrier properties and so we, as a company as a manufacturing nanofilm company we have different inks that can do different things and that can be applied in different ways um, but where we're starting to focus you know is a we need to focus and get the product market fit and revenue as a, a company and so where we're focusing is manufacturing graphene based membranes that can essentially the, this material graphene oxide it's, it's one of the most efficient membrane materials in the world in terms of blocking air even helium weak type to helium but letting water pass through it very quickly so it has this really unique separating capability and so the way we're applying it to the hvac space and hvac market is using it to dehumidify air so 
we can pull a very humid air across our membrane. It's a cross-flow membrane. And the dry air continues on while we're able to pull out the moisture very uh, efficiently. And so this means that we can create a very efficient dehumidification technology. We can use this membrane in other cooling applications like cooling towers or energy recovery ventilators that already use membranes. And because our material is so thin and so efficient, we can have, uh, we have demonstrated over 4x performance compared to other materials in this space. We need less, much less material to do the same, essentially the same thing. And it also unlocks commercial opportunities in the HVAC space where the current membranes today, you just need too much of them to make it feasible. And so we are able to um, you know, be able to showcase you know, how, how much smaller our systems can be. And from an HVAC perspective, if you're able to dehumidify, that's one of the most inefficient processes within cooling is the dehumidification. I'm using uh, vapor compression right now, but it's or condensation. So if you're able to remove that moisture ahead of the cooling system, that cooling system can be sized smaller. It emits less GHGs because there's less refrigerant, uses less, less energy, has a smaller footprint. And so lots of advantages to removing humidity ahead of time or, or independently of a cooling system in an, inefficient, in, in an efficient way. So that gives me a pretty clear understanding in terms of how uh, these nanofilms are applied in terms of the commercial HVAC space in, in cooling sort of a, a plant floor. Mm -hmm. When I was looking at the Evercloak site, I also noticed that there was mention of how uh, nanofilms might have an application in electric vehicles. I'm wondering if you could uh, maybe um, maybe tell us a little bit about how that would work. Would yeah. it be inside Definitely. the car itself? Definitely. So we have, you know, there's lots of different use cases for these nanofilms. Yeah. And while we are focusing on making the nanofilm membranes for the HVAC space, these membranes have different use cases outside of HVAC. One is in making more efficient fuel cell humidifiers, removing hydrogen or water from hydrogen or other gases with so solvent dehydration. Um, so there, there's use cases for the, the core material that we're making right now, but we also have R&D projects using our manufacturing process to make different films outside of the membrane space as well. And so we see um, kind of some really early interesting research on how our coding technique can improve uh, the efficiency of batteries, as well as uh, we have a project we just completed around antiviral coatings. And so I think there's different use cases for our, our inks and our coding, our coding, our, our, you know, where we win or where our core expertise is manufacturing low cost, large area films, which is traditionally challenging uh, with these new materials. Interesting. Where are there right now commercial clients, whether in the EV space, the HVAC space that are using these nanofilms today, or is this still in the research phase? Yeah, so that's a good question. So we are still an early stage company with pre-revenue, although we have several paid pilots that we're advancing and we're, we're actively raising funding right now. And, but the, we have, we have, several large projects. One of them is funded by Engen. I don't know if you're familiar with the yes. Engen. Yes. So it's a $4.6 million Engen project. We awarded in August uh, to build and test our dehumidification technology with a company in Barrie. So they're focused on critical environments, HVAC critical environments within manufacturing facilities and looking to improve the efficiency of those technologies with our membrane system, based dehumidification system. So, uh, yeah, so those paid pilots are with um, clients in the commercial HVAC space? Yes. Okay. Um, obviously, Canada is making a huge push to become net zero by 2050, and, and uh, clean tech is a, is a large focus 
for the federal government and for you know many industries at large here. I guess what are the major barriers uh, that you see the automotive industry or the commercial HVAC industry uh, as seeing when they want to adopt this kind of technology? And sort of if you had to say what sort of steps these other kinds of manufacturers in the HVAC step or the automotive step need to take to uh, sort of bring in this kind of technology? What sort of questions should they be asking? Yeah, I think um, I'm going to bond rephrasing that from barriers to opportunities. I think there's a lot of opportunities to start accelerating adoption of clean technology solutions. And, um, you know, whether you're working with a company like us that is, you know, pre-revenue, maybe earlier stage or, or a company that's more advanced, I think that there's a lot of opportunity to uh, support these technologies by by helping um, companies and technologies access to facilities and for test, testing demonstration sites and pilot sites to really prove out these technologies and accelerate that adoption and even opportunities to feed in, you know, the critical need from customers, you know, in terms of what would help them to advance their, their manufacturing facilities and uh, in terms of, kind of net zero. One of the things that we're doing with our project partner ESC in Engine is to, you know, they they have clients that they they install HVAC systems for, and so you know that we know that there's lots of demand and interest in what we're doing, and so I think it's you know, you know, recruiting that demand and, and the collaboration piece is so important to help advance these technologies. Um, so creating the ecosystems to do that, and Engine is one of those where you know I would not have met ESC without Engine, and so I think it was a really these collaboration opportunities to. Uh, collaborate across, you know, these different, you know, material science space, HVAC space, and then bringing in that end user, that end manufacturer, I think is really valuable. When you, when you were starting Everclick, was there any part of this process that you wished was smoother or faster? No, I think the, the, the hardest part starting Evercloak was the opportunity of these nanofilms. And so, you know, if you imagine if you have an ink printer and you have 10 different inks and each ink, ink has its own unique property that is in its own right, you know, breakthrough and can make a change how do you pick the market and so i spent a lot of time on that product market fit uh, and well i did you know the best i could i think there could have been ways to accelerate that decision making earlier you mentioned a statistic you said uh you said something was four times you said 4x in reference to a specific t- statistics when it comes to these nanofilms. So what I wanted to sort of pick your brain on is sort of um, if you could sort of give us some of the numbers between how much more environmentally friendly or how um, how much more like the th- these nanofilms reduce GHG for manufacturers. So I think that's a maybe that's too hard of a question to answer. There's so many different types of nanofilms that do different things in terms I of. See. You know, there's corrosion resistant type, you know, corrosion uh, preventing films. There's, you know, ones that would be used in fuel cells. There's ones, and they're all different. And I think it's hard to um, quantify, but in terms of our technology and how we're using it in HVAC, um, our dehumidification, our membrane-based dehumidification technology, uh, we've been able to kind of get to a stage where we can show a 50% reduction in energy use for building cooling. And so, it does vary with the temperature of the environment and you know the environment that you're in, the temperature and the humidity, but uh, there's a path forward there for a lot of energy savings in terms of building cooling. And why that's important is because building cooling is gonna be one of the key drivers for increasing greenhouse gas into the future. You know, the warmer our planet gets, the more people turn on air conditioners. And so the demand for air conditioning is gonna increase by five X in the next few years and will represent 30% of the world's electricity use uh, shortly, which is huge, if you can imagine, uh, just for building cooling. Yeah, that's a that's a 
crazy statistic about the demand for air conditioning going up five times. Mm-hmm. Um, what do the uh, companies, not just like Evercloak, but you know, in the commercial mm-hmm. HVAC space and auto, in the automotive industries, uh, need mm-hmm. to do better in order to retain uh, and attract more women into you know good, rewarding careers? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, one one key aspect is to have role models and to really, I think, promote and, and, and showcase the women that are in your company. For me, that was very important in my career, being able to see women in leadership roles and you know, see how things could be done differently in from a different perspective. And so that is one thing. Um, the other thing I think is is creating networks. And so, you know, we did have a manufacturing role posted about a year and a half ago. And I think we had 150 applications and maybe two women. So you know it's it's hard to hire when you don't even have the selection. And so I think there's, you know, I'm not an HR expert, but I think there's opportunities to really understand how we're both posting our roles, the language that we use in our job descriptions, how we access talent and, and making sure that we're reaching the right people. And so, for example, after that, I went out and I found women manufacturing groups and I also circulated the job description there. So I think it's it's making sure we're accessing and, and circulating in the right way, our job postings. I think it's about building peer-to-peer networks. I think, you know, I talked about mentorship, but also that peer-to-peer network really has been really influential in my career. Um, so those are a few things that I think could can help and I know there's lots more as well. That's really insightful. And sort of some of that is stuff that I've heard from, uh, you know, some of the other manufacturers and I've asked them the same question about having a, a peer-to-peer network and, um, you know, posting the job or, um, you know, being a part of a network that maybe isn't traditionally been used in the past for all your manufacturing jobs. So um, no, that's great to hear. Um, my other sort of question was what does Evercloak's workforce currently look like from this perspective? I'm not sure how big or small your team is, but uh, just was curious about that. Yeah, we're very fortunate to have a really, a very diverse team. Uh, we do have a lot of hiring from the university and I think, you know, that university talent is already diverse. That, um, yeah. And so that, that's been really a great opportunity for us. And then finally, I want to ask, when it comes to this sort of thing, uh, you did mention you know, accessing a peer-to-peer network and being a part of sort of like these women manufacturing groups. I'm wondering what your network looks like. Do you have a a mentor in the manufacturing space that you look towards and who do you sort of um, look up to? It could be even in your personal life or professional life that that's really like sort of um, helped you maybe get to where you are. I'm, I'm relatively new to the manufacturing space in that way, but I have, you know, been in the clean tech space and the water technology space for a long time. And um, there are definitely some um, women leaders there, you know, very strong group of women leaders in that water space that have really been able to give me that mentorship and, and enabled me to see how, um, you know, how they operate in different environments. And that kind of gave me the confidence to do what I'm doing now. And Yeah, very encouraging to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate you, you know, sitting down with me. What's next? What's the big focus in, in, in 2022? Obviously, you're still in that early stage, but... Um, yeah, uh, what happens after these paid pilots? Yeah. So I will, we're already actively scaling up. We are um, transitioning our technology to contract manufacturing to scale up production wow, and okay. sales. Um, and just from an ask perspective, I'm not sure if you include these in the, the I'm just thinking of this now, but yep. you know, if there's readers that are out there that are, you know, they have interesting um, needs around these 2D nanomaterial coatings, I'm sure, you know, if you know what that is, you like the graphene, graphene oxide, if there's, you know, we've been doing research in this space, um, I'd be interested to talk to you because there may be opportunities in what we're doing in the manufacturing in that space. A huge thank you to Evelyn Allen for joining us at Canadian Manufacturing Talks. 
We hope you enjoyed the discussion and please stay tuned for other interviews. Thank you as well to all of our listeners.